What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are starting our reviews of the John Wick series and a first time viewing for all three movies for, uh, I don't even want to say guest at this point. I just want to say partner on the show. Um, Rob, this is the first time he's ever seen these, so I'm eagerly anticipating hearing uh, what he's going to say. So before I kind of get into my spiel about John Wick, uh, Rob, welcome. Um, thank you for picking these because I've been, you know, kind of forced to watch it to to be able to be on the show, and uh, it's been it's been a series that's been on my list for a while. I finished uh, probably about a half hour before we started recording tonight. I think my heart is still racing. I'm not sure that I've calmed down all the way yet. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep anytime soon. So it's fresh. It, it is a fresh watch. Um, I finished my watch today as well. Um, I mean, I've seen this before multiple times, but, you know, I always do a rewatch of these. But, you know, I think this is really where the love of Keanu Reeves really came for everybody. Um, I mean, he's been called maybe the most humble, the most likable. Um, some people think he's a vampire cause he doesn't look like he ages. <laughs> um, but I think this is where everybody started to really like, like the Keanu Reeves that we know now in like his mainstream popularity, it wasn't even with the success of the matrix movies, I don't think he was as well known until the first John Wick hit. And it was such like a sleeper at the time and has gained so much following And each subsequent movie has made more than the last one. I think this is really what pushed him to like what we know today about counter Reeves and how everybody just like gushes over him. Yeah, because, yeah, obviously we knew him from The Matrix. A lot of us knew him from, say, like Bill and Ted and things like that. But it was really speed. around. Yeah, speed. Yeah, it, it was really around the time that John Wick kind of caught everybody's attention that all of these salacious rumors started circulating around that Keanu Reeves, all around good guy, just nice dude and a jovial fellow. Yeah, because then you just started hearing you, you like see these stories about how he gives up his seat on the subway. He was on uh, then all these stories. And like I had heard it before, but they all came back around like how he took a pay cut on the Matrix so that the like stunt team or the the effects team could actually get paid. Um, and then you just for 47 Ronin, he bought the entire crew like Harley Davidson motorcycles as a gift for Phil like filming and producing that movie yeah there's um i forget if it was the first or third john wick i think it was the third he bought the entire stunt team their own rolex submariners engraved on the back something about the the film i, th I think is what it was um which cost was definitely like five bucks <laughs> yeah yeah those those you can just find anywhere really um yeah i mean the entire stunt team he bought a rolex submariner for which is um that's that's kind of a big deal yeah, and then I there was one story, too, that came out about this guy that um, there was, like, a delayed flight that happened, and they ended up taking, like, a bus, and there's Keanu Reeves, who has millions upon millions of dollars, and he's taking a, a bus to get to, like, wherever they were supposed to go with just, like, 
everyday people like you and me. And he's like giving a tour of the city that he <laughs> that they were like that they were in and just talking to people like, well, yeah, we're we're all on this together. So let's let's have fun with it. So I think that would just, be weird to be on a bus with Keanu Reeves because you just know some joker is going to think that he's funny and, and say, oh, we can't have this go under 55 miles an hour, 65 miles or whatever it was. And he's just going to look at you and groan and be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, in, in all around what seems like a good guy in, you know, geez, there's when everybody was getting like tagged and pegged and you know, for things years and years prior, like this is a guy who's still like, you know, if, if you dusted him for fingerprints, you wouldn't find any. So um, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, you know, like we said, one of the, you know, who seems like a genuine guy who, if you did see him, would be like, Hey, you want a beer? Yeah, sure. I got a minute. Like, so it, it was really cool to see him get a ton of recognition, really kind of, again, like, he was famous for the matrix, but I feel like these movies have really just propelled him um, to something different, which was cool to see. And, you know, this movie, uh, Rob, it, boy, it, it not only was completely different and I love a lot about this movie, but man, for me, this just made me, fascinated with this world like you talk about a movie at least for me that makes you interested in the world around it and how this thing came to be i was like i when i saw this movie i just instantly my brain was racing with like man how did this come to be like all of these assassins and all like just a secret society and you know as as nonsensical as some of it may be I was just fascinated with it. You know, there's a lot of really interesting dynamics at play with him kind of coming back into this world. Like they just kind of present these hitmen as just regular guys who punch a time clock like you and me. And there's the, there's the moment where he says hello to the doorman and he's noticing his weight loss. It's just really clever. And he, 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 he's got a gun to his neck. (laughs) They're talking just as casually as you would say hello to a receptionist in your office as you're walking by or something like that. It's, it's moments like that, that they have throughout this movie that could feel kind of dumb but are so so effective um there's multiple moments of of this uh throughout you know it's the scene at the front desk when he gets back from one of his encounters and he's asking how good the laundry service is (laughs) he's like not that good you know it's um later on they're in the hallway to after another dust up of action and he just goes hey john hey harry like (laughs) just (laughs) just like their coworkers is is and it's so hysterical to think about hitmen um operating that way. So yeah, that's um I, I think in a lot of ways there's so many things about this movie that work, but those moments that are sprinkled throughout, there's not too much of it. Um every time it's on screen, it's highly effective and I love it. Yeah, the uh the door guard that you speak of also is uh if you've seen this movie, you might know him as Kevin Nash. Um, I know him as Kevin Nash, the wrestler from WWE, WCW, but he also was Super Shredder in Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Um, that same guy. 
So I did not know that. That's a deep cut. I like that. Yes. Yes. So, and you know, the one thing, Rob, you started to touch on this. You would think there's some things in this movie that don't, you know, that wouldn't work, but as, as much as you've heard, like Keanu Reeves, like is aloof and things like that. And, you know, people will make fun of like, whoa, you know, things like that, that acting method or just, I mean, they're just filming Keanu Reeves, whatever. It works in this, like, for this character, like, it literally is almost like they just said, okay, like, can you just, be like, be you, we're going to film it, but there's going to be guns in hand-to-hand fighting. Like, this character, the way he portrays him, like, works. And one of the things that could have been, you know, a real pitfall to this movie is... At any moment, I always believed that everybody in this universe was partially afraid of him. Like, that was one thing I was super impressed with, is how believable they made it that, like, this, out of all of these people, this entire world that exists, like, this is the guy that you do not mess with. And I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah, it's believable. Um you know, there's there's definitely visceral reactions to when he shows up and and it's obvious that some stuff is going to start happening. They reference this very early into the movie, and I absolutely love the line. They refer to him as the one you sent to kill the effing boogeyman. Mm. That's that's a great piece of writing. I mean, that's just that's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, like people are like even the mob boss. I mean, the the whole story kicks off. Because, um, Rob, you would remember his name right off the bat. Um, Alfie Allen, who, um, Yosef. what character did, what character did he play um, in Game of Yo- Thrones? Oh, in Game of Thrones. Um, he was, um, Theon Greyjoy. Yes, there we go. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of good quality actors and actresses in this movie. Um, yeah, poor guy can't seem to ever get away from playing a character with really messed up dad issues who does terrible things. Like he just can't seem to get away from that. Exactly. But you know, this whole movie kicks off because he wants John Wick's car, not knowing who he is, goes into his house in the middle of the night, beats the crap out of him, kills his dog, which I hate. I still hate that even though it's a movie. Like I, I cannot stand that part of this movie. Um, and it kicks into motion him getting back into the game and taking revenge because that dog was a gift from his dead wife. And I, I love the, you know, even John Leguizamo, who I'm not a fan of, really, like even he plays his part in this movie, I thought really well. And like his realization, like, where did you get that car from? And he's just like, get the hell out of my shop, like get the car, get out of here. Like, I want nothing to do with it. And then when the mob boss calls him, he's like, I heard you struck my son. I did. Can you tell me why? Well, because he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. And the mob boss is like, all right, that's all I need to know. I'm going to go beat the piss. Like, I'm going to go beat the piss out of my own son because God damn it, did you screw up? And like, this is a guy who has hundreds of people under his thumb and he's scared of one man and calls him to be like, hey, could you please not turn this into a shit show? (laughs) <laughs> well, and the fact that um, so go back for a second. He calls he calls John Leguizamo's character to 
get information about why he struck his son, his son who he ostensibly cares about. And when he hears that it was because of something involving John Wick, all of a sudden he can't get off the phone fast enough. I sort of loved that bit. Yeah, to hit him himself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, nope, all forgiven. I, I've got I've got things I have to do now. I my calendar just got suddenly full. Right, exactly. And you know, from there, it's it's off to the races with this movie. And there's just there's really great chemistry. And Rob, I don't know if you like knew who was in this movie, but you know, were you surprised by like any of the faces? that you saw in this movie, like William Defoe was in this John Leguizamo, Lawrence Fishburne's in this movie, Lance Reddick. Um, you know, I think you knew Ian McShane was in this, but you know, there's, there's a lot of good quality actors in this movie. Were, were any of them surprising, like not seeing this movie before when they showed up on screen? Um, I sort of dug the all state mayhem guy being in there. I thought that was like, <laughs> that fits. Yeah. Let's roll yeah. with this. Jesus English, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that was that was a great continual like uh, bit throughout the running gag throughout the movie. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, and you know, just you know, as this movie just ramps up, and it's like, well, we we aren't gonna let up. Um, again, there's there's something about this movie, the way it's shot. It's very again, it's so believable that he's able to take out these like massive groups of people. I love the way it, it reminded me a lot. And Rob, you know a lot more about this stuff than I do in terms of like style, but it reminded me a lot of equilibrium where, you know, there's certain times when, you know, John wick looks like when he's shooting the gun, he's got it at a certain angle. He's turning a certain degree to, you know, avoid contact from them while also being able to either shoot them or strike them. Um, and it's just a very, you know, it's a very visceral when there's hand to hand stuff, you know, it feels brutal. It feels like people are getting hurt. But again, like none of it in this movie feels for as violent as this is, it never teeters into almost too much for me. Like it, it just all feels very, I mean, maybe it sounds sick, but it all feels very like right and natural. (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, they killed his dog. So any violence that happens to them is excusable. (laughs) Like, you know, if somebody did something to my dog, if somebody did something to your dog, I'm just going to go ahead and get the shovel and ask me where we're digging. Like, that's just, it's just (laughs) how it is. Like, um, you'd be like. How many holes and how much time do you need? Yeah. Like, reservations for how many? Let's go. You know, we're digging <laughs> holes. Let's go. You know, or, or, or finding a place along the Niagara River that nobody's looking at and just chuck, you know, um, because look, if you're the kind of person that causes harm to a dog, then we as a society don't need you. We just don't like you yeah. don't serve a purpose yeah. that we as a society need. And I don't feel ashamed for saying that in any way at all. Um so yeah, the action scenes, you know, you're referencing uh, the gun foo bits and I really did feel, you know, a little bit of the, of that equilibrium vibe, which is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, a lot of people, not enough people know about equilibrium. And if you like this movie, I would, I would encourage you to check that out. Uh, it's likely not streaming anywhere. So you got to do a little work to get it, but um, it's, it's definitely worth your time. And they do combine some really cool 
like gunfight moments. And, and there's two that I want to call out specifically. There's the one fight in, um, you know, when the, when the mob guys first try to take him out in his own home and he kind of turns away knowing that the guy is hiding sort of behind the wall and just, you know, runs some rounds up the, up the wall and, and, it's a great bit. The other one that I really like too is towards the end of the film when um, he's, he's got the charger and he's driving over people and he kind of knows where that guy's going to be going over the roof of the car and shoots him multiple times. Like those were really, really clever. Um, overall, the, the action scenes in this movie, I can't say enough good things about there's so much good hand to hand fighting. There's great transitions from the gun fu into Muay Thai to Krav Maga, and then they flip right into judo. There's actually a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu used throughout this movie. There's mm-hmm. no bullshit taekwondo backflip kicks and just nonsense that doesn't work. There's there's you know, there's there's a final choke out when he was uh, captured. Um, you know, the, the guy he chokes him out with the with the ropes that his hands were tied with. It's really well set up, like it, like good technique even, and it looks very believable. Like it was like that stuff is hard to fake, by the way, <laughs> and and it was so good. Yeah, and the thing is too is there's certainly a lot more of it as uh, John Wick two and John Wick three. If you watch any behind the scenes stuff, but if you watch similar to the Matrix. Keanu Reeves, and I, again, I think this is why so many people like respect or admire him. He did go through a lot of training. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff showing him learning this hand to hand stuff, actually being on gun ranges and like doing the different positions to shoot the guns. Um, there's a lot of work in this. This is not like, oh, okay, well, when that all happens, it's a stunt. Like that's another thing I really like about this movie is when it's in the the nitty gritty and you're you're deep in this action it's nice to see that it's keanu reeves like you know we talked about this during you know the transformers uh reviews that we did with with harrison at the basement binge it's so obvious when it's a stunt double like they don't try to shy away from it it's clear on screen and it's very distracting here it's just oh man like keanu reeves is kicking ass um and it keeps you immersed in the moment and in the movie to know that he's doing these things. Um, it, it just helps a lot in this movie. Yeah, I I think there's so many. You can see that that he is really in there. And, you know, we talked about this even with The Matrix when he's doing a lot of the fighting there some of that, like you can't stunt double for it. Like when he does that one kick towards the end of the movie, when he, you know, believes in himself that he is the one and he's got his leg literally straight up in the air, the amount of flexibility and core strength and leg strength that is required to do that. You don't just get that by taking like an after school self-defense class, you know, like that is practice and, and training and commitment to it. Like, I did martial arts for years and couldn't do that. Like that was, that's really, really hard (laughs) stuff. Um, You know, so throughout this movie though, I'm just going to say it. This is like a perfect action movie. It really is a perfect action movie. It hits all the right beats. 
The action scenes are believable. They don't rely on unnecessary green screen. They don't rely on unnecessary wire work to accomplish things that are not possible in reality that absolutely break you out of the action that you're watching. There's great, there's great creativity in the action. So many things that we've never seen before. I involuntarily said, oh, wow. I don't even know how many times. Like I, I was starting to try to keep track of how many times the movie made me go, oh, wow. Um, and I lost track. It's and and even at that, we've seen so many films and TV shows and comic books and video games where we have anti-heroes or good men just pushed to do bad things, and they go on these crazy rage-fueled revenge benders that we've we've kind of seen before. And yet nothing about this movie feels stale. Nothing about this lacks a freshness and it just it feels different and and enjoyable and i i loved almost a hundred percent of of this movie like loved almost a hundred percent of this movie yeah i i can't help but just like say ditto (laughs) as as much as that's not like oh wow what a deep take like there's just so many things to like about this movie. I just, I, I gush over it. I, I want to ask you about one person in particular, given the set of movies that we're talking about, you know, in, in November on the show and in a little bit into December here. Um, there's an actor in here who we recently just saw and watching this so close to seeing Hellboy 2019. I was just reminded and I was like, Wow. Um, did you like, were you surprised that, and maybe you didn't, but to me, I was like, wow, Ian McShane, like he, he plays Winston in, in this movie and in Hellboy, he's his, you know, Hellboy's father to me, he's just so much better. And like the relationship that he has with John's character, I, I was like, wow. Like I just watched a really, what I thought was a crappy performance from this guy and a relationship that I didn't care about to, all right, what is their relationship? I care about this. He's, he's really good. Like to me, it's a night and day performance watching these two movies so close. Yeah. It was kind of funny when, um, cause he doesn't show up early in the film. It, it's, it goes a little ways before you meet him. And, um, I was like, Oh, Hey, here's Ian McShane. I just watched a movie he was in. This is a better movie than the last one I saw with him in it. Um, and you know, I, I kind of, I, I really did enjoy that. And you're right. When you're thinking about, you know, he's, he's entering into this world again and he's encountering all of these other people, you know, Willem Dafoe's character and, and, you know, Ian McShane's character and, and a variety of others. It really kind of makes you wonder what a seat, like a prequel to this would have looked like. How does, you know, how do all of these characters when they were pre, you know, retirement, how, how did they all work together? How did he earn this reputation? How did he earn this loyalty and this respect from these people? Um, you know, how, how did he get so practiced at knowing that, you know, how this hotel works and stuff like that? There's, there's all of these things that um, would really be a lot of fun to explore. And, and in some cases, maybe it's just better to just kind of let the imagination go as opposed to actually have us have them ever really show it to us. But Yes, a, a lot of a lot of fun things to think about. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things that 
you know, you'll see as we as we go through these, they do peel back some layers on the Continental and some of these things, um, which I really liked, actually. It was, you know, you, you kind of have your cake and you can eat it too moment with some of the things that they actually bring into these other movies um, without ever, like, making it seem like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have known that. Um, but yeah, just, you know, this society that sits there and again, has their own coin system. Um, it's just, it was so, so fascinating. And, you know, the code that you don't kill on continental grounds and things like that, like you're fighting. And then if you walk into that hotel or you're like on the steps, it's like, "Uh, time out, like, stop. Like, um, I just really, really enjoyed uh, this world and was so, after this movie was done when I first saw it, was just so, like, ready to go. And I I, I still love the line when he's actually captured, um, which I did feel really bad for William Defoe's character. Like, I actually thought that was, like, a pretty good moment. And by good moment, I mean, like, I actually felt something for it, even though he was going after John and things like that. Like, I actually thought that brought a lot of weight. Um, but when Keanu's caught his character and he's like, a lot of people are asking me if I'm back. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm back. I was like, that's like a direct nod to the audience. Like, yeah, I'm back. Because mm. Keanu wasn't really around. I mean, he was around, but he wasn't really doing anything until this movie hit. Like, this was there's a very strong similarity between John Wick. Now one has become much more successful than the other one. Um, And I kind of compare this to like Liam Neeson's resurgence when the first taken came out. Oh yeah. That like, like, Oh, Liam Neeson. Oh wow. Like action star, so to speak. I I really kind of like compare these two movies, but like, I just kind of laugh at that because I felt like that was just a very direct nod like to the audience or to fans like yeah i i haven't really been in anything in a while or anything like this like i did movies like the lake house um but yeah i'm i'm back and you've you've watched me kick ass for an hour and 40 minutes now and get ready for another 25 minutes of it it's funny you know because like out of nowhere all of a sudden liam neeson is a badass and an action star (laughs) Like he did those three taken movies. I think he had that one where it was kind of like a dark comedy where he was like a, a snowplow driver or something like that. I, I, I forget the name of that one. Yeah, but... And then he did a walk among the tombstones, which I thought was actually, I love that movie. He did nonstop. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, like everybody just took it as, okay, well, yeah, you're, you're an action star. Um, and I, I think, you know, for, I don't think they forgot, but I, I really do, you know, think for maybe younger audience or, th- you know, things like that, that, oh, yeah, like, Keanu Reeves was Neo, for God's sakes. Like, long before he did John Wick, like, we knew him as the one. Like, yeah. and we watched him, regardless of how you felt about any of those, you know, first three movies, I think it's widely considered the first one's universally praised, and the second one, I think, has gotten more love over time, like we've talked about. I think the third one still is. I, I feel like in that trilogy, well, now with The Matrix Resurrections, but I feel like over time, there was a lot more love given for Reloaded than Revolutions. Um, 
with how people felt about those movies. But I do feel like, you know, this was like, oh, yeah, Keanu Reeves was an action star. I, I do feel like he was kind of like forgotten about in that vein, so to speak. Yeah. And if you kind of dig through his filmography, there's like this weird period of stuff in between, um, you know, the Matrix and and when John Wick came out. And it's, um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until you just said it. But, you know, him saying I'm back, that that could be just as much for the audience as it was for uh, Vigo. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he you look at after the Matrix, like certain things that he did. He did Constantine in 2005. He did The Lake House in 2006. The Day the Earth Stood Still in 2008. And then a movie called Street Kings. Um, and then literally from 2008 to 2014, he was just kind of being Keanu Reeves, a regular guy. Um, and then boom, six years later, he's john wick and you know fast forward to it's going to be 2023 but there's a fourth movie for john wick coming out like that's how popular these have become because you don't get to four movies if these aren't you know if these aren't popular if they haven't done good you know done box office success so yeah i just it's just so cool to see that this film you know really kicked off what was a career resurgence for him so to speak yeah and couldn't have happened to a better guy like we said yeah no absolutely it's always fun to actually you know to see that so uh rob i'll um you know any other characters in in this movie that you wanted to talk about because this is again your first um you know this is your first watch through uh, of this movie uh, I did love the fact that he got a reunion with Lawrence Fishburne. Um, I thought that was really was that, cool. Was that Lawrence Fishburne or was that somebody else? No, he's in this one. He's the the underground king that's with all the birds. What part is that? I think I'm drawing a blank on that. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of the second one. I'm sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> I was like, yeah i was like um, okay. yeah i was like you're not I'm, i was wondering if you were thinking of um uh yeah i'm thinking of the second movie yeah so that's my, that's my bad so now you know he's in the second one for at least a part well that works i'm just glad you weren't thinking of lance <laughs> raddick um who's a fantastic no voice no, actor. no 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 he, he's he's no, a fantastic no. actor but also a fantastic voice actor Yes, he's Zavala in Destiny, um, which I've probably put way too many video game hours into. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like anything else that you want to specifically talk about with this movie, since this was, you know, your first watch. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of fun bits throughout this, um, but right from the beginning, I'm into this movie. Uh, they they do a thing and, and we see this and other things where they kind of show you at least the ending or part way to part of the three quarters of the way into the movie where there's stuff going on and then they kind of start the movie and then get, get you back to that point. And, and we have that here where it's basically him looking at the video of his wife uh, after he's you know done everything he needs to do. 
And sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes in a lot of movies, you forget that that even happened by the time you catch back up to it. But I actually did remember that that happened. And I, and I did feel like that actually worked. Then you kind of get, get into it and, and you start with the opening tragedy. And I'll tell you, I, I was aware that there was a dog that dies in John wick. Like I, you know, I've, I've, I exist on the internet enough to know that that's a thing that happens. I mean, it's, it's a, commonly referenced you know meme format to play with is is john wick loading a gun over the death of a dog um Mm -hmm. i so i was aware of that i was not necessarily expecting to have any dust um get into my eye at the beginning of this movie but you know hey there he reads the card and sees the dog and all of a sudden just whatever was in my living room at the time, there's just all this dust in my eye that just was, was causing this weird watering thing to happen. Very strange was not expecting that in a John wick movie that ends up being like a killer yeah. action movie. Um, that, like that's like, why, why you gotta be like that movie? Like why you gotta be like that? Um, and uh, there it was just, just catching me with all the feels. Yeah. They, again, they did a really good job and it, they don't overkill it at all where it's just in those short little moments, you know, the flashbacks and things like that, they right off the bat, give you somebody that you're invested in, that you care about, that you feel, you know, sad for his, you know, for his struggle. Um, It's almost like you had a two hour movie where you watched him and his wife have this life. And then like, she gets taken away and it's like you know that like i mean they talk about it but you get what 15 minutes of knowing that he had a wife and somebody that he was in love with and it's like god i feel like i was friends with them like we went to dinners together and i can't believe she's gone like they and that's something that i think you know this movie does even though it's action so well over other movies is they don't just only give you like, oh, I love to see this action and it looks so cool. Again, they they give you that protagonist to root for, which, you know, sometimes like you just root for the guy because it's like, oh, he's kicking ass and it's cool. Like they add a layer to that that a lot of movies don't give you. Yeah. And, or try to and they fail miserably. Oh, absolutely. And and I think when when you show when your movie shows violence to certain types of life. It has a very visceral reaction to the audience. So to me, when a movie shows violence against women, violence against children, I have a reaction to that. Like that, like I, sometimes it just really bothers me to the point where like, I'm just not even really enjoying the movie anymore. Like I just, I I, kind of, you know, I I shut down a little bit just because I don't enjoy it that much. Like I really hate seeing it. Um, and for a lot of people, myself included, you can lump violence against animals into that. Now I'm not talking like when a saber tooth tiger is trying to eat somebody like that's, that's different, but a puppy, not just a dog, like an actual puppy with the floppy ears and they just gooshed it with the bat or, or whatever that pipe was. And you immediately, like you immediately want John wick to get up and just cause all of the harm. All of it, these guys just, I don't care what you have to do. These guys need to be ended. And I will follow you on this journey, Mr. Wick, until you have completed your task at hand. And it really, 
it could have been done in a lot of ways where it would have, yeah, I don't know. I would have felt differently about it, but I, I was fine with literally everything he did from that point on. Just have at it, have at it. I'm writing you a blank check to cause whatever you want to do. And I'm here as an audience member to just be here on this journey with you. Right. And I think, I, I mean, I remember when I first saw the movie, like I vividly remember like my, like, like, physically my fists like clenching <laughs> when yeah. that scene, like when that scene happened but i think one of the things too is what they uh, again like putting it into perspective what they do well is they don't you know regardless of how i feel about that scene and like yeah because dax is the same breed as that dog right right exactly yeah so for like, listeners who don't know dax dax occasionally makes <laughs> um uncredited guest appearances uh during matt goes to the movies recording sessions um so you sometimes he's you, very jealous yeah sometimes uh <laughs> he just wants to get on the mic a little bit yeah and you know regardless of how like uh, like the emotion in that scene and stuff like that and how i see it they do they give you just enough of it like they could have very much tried to say, well, we're going to really show you this. Right. And that could have completely pulled you, pulled you out of it. Not that knowing that that dog is killed is any better. Cause it's like off screen, but they could have really tried to be like, Oh, well this is going to get you like, we need to show it. Like we need, you know, we need to actually have the camera there and really let the audience know what happened. And it would have completely negated, like it would have fallen completely flat. I probably would have been like, mm, yeah, I don't care because it would have been just visually, visually upsetting um, and probably would have took me out of the movie. So I, yeah. I think they made a, you know, the right call in how they filmed it to still get you to have a reaction, but not have it draw you out of the movie again some movies would do that where they're like no we have to show this to to be like oh this is why you want these guys like this is why you want these guys dead yeah it's knowing what to show your audience and what to not show your audience um you know sometimes things just work like and even even in this scene and i don't really want to like i guess slight trigger warning for anybody that's going to be bothered by discussing this but um you know, the, it's a little bit out of focus. The camera is focused on the close up, not the far away and that, and mm -hmm. everything happens out of focus, but in, in camera. So you can kind of make it look real without having to rely too heavily on special effects that if it's off, it's going to look really dumb. Um, so yeah. All right. I'm done talking about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Uh, man, how about later on right after that? He doesn't even bother to change his shirt. Like he's still got all the blood on his t-shirt from, from when he like, you know, got the crap beat out of him and he's just on go mode. Um, I, I noticed that right away. Like it doesn't even matter to him. He's like, okay, let's go. Let's figure this thing out. Um, right. And then I, I really got to say that I think of all the, of all the action set pieces, Probably my favorite is the one, the first one in his house. Um, yeah. Because yeah. they want, like they set this guy up that he's the, the scariest of the scary and you go, okay, fine, whatever. We've heard this, you know, we've seen, we've seen characters described this way before. And it's so hard to do a one versus everybody kind of fight and make it effective. This is the most convinced I've ever been that one person can just 
like yes. completely be a one man army and take out everything that comes at him. Like this, this one really did convince me that it is possible. The knife kill at the end. Oh man, this whole scene is a masterpiece of action. Um, just an absolute masterpiece. And it should be required viewing for anyone who's looking to get into that kind of filmmaking. Like you should have to watch that scene from the first John wick and, and learn from it because everything feels, you know, you don't see a bunch of guys just sitting around waiting to get their ass kicked. And that's one of the things Mm -hmm. I hate about, you know, when you've got one or sometimes two characters against a whole group and they all circle up and they just take turns and, you know, it's, it's almost like now serving number four henchmen, number four, come get your ass kicked. You know, like it wasn't that it was everything flowed. He was in control, but he also recognized where he was in danger. Um, I loved it. I absolutely, I think that's probably my favorite action scene of this whole film. Yeah, it's it's really good. And I'm backtracking really, really far here. But, you know, we talked about, okay, they make it believable. And it's even in that when he goes down to the basement and gets the sledgehammer and he's just breaking the foundation to get his old like to get his old equipment. And he's talking about the mission that he sent John on that he basically gave him an in like a task that it would not be completed it starts right there like in my head while that was happening i was like oh shit you like oh you guys are done like you just like feel like oh yeah this guy's like yeah this guy's gonna smoke everybody like it just you automatically believe and i i know we talked about that but again just the little it's the little things that they do like even before there is a, I mean there's action but again it's just the way that they talk the way that everybody's body language changes when his name is mentioned all those subtle little things just lead up to him just being yeah you are a badass like yeah there's there's a reason why they feel like they have to send 10 people after you or this guy needs bodyguards or you know, again, a mob boss who has a hundred people under his thumb is afraid of you. Like they don't just, they do it by such subtle little ways that there's such a buildup to it that, yeah, like every time he wins, you're like, every time he comes through a situation, you're just more amped. And throughout the movie, I never really believe that Wick is concerned for his own safety other than insofar as he needs to stay alive to accomplish his mission. Right. That's the extent that I believe he actually cares about his own, you know, health and well-being. Um beyond that, he literally does like if he dies on this mission, like he is just perfectly fine with that. You know, it's it's yep. okay. That's that's fine. Um and I think a lot of that reads um you know, he takes damage, but it's like, whatever, keep going. Yeah. Gotta like, keep going. Yeah. You know, a, a man with nothing to lose is a dangerous man. Very like, so uh, yeah, I just, I absolutely love that. Um, and, and again, just, you know, everything about this, I, I just, the continental everything. I love it. I love the characters. They have such good chemistry. 
Um, and again, I, I like the fact that even though these are a set of, you know, a set of killers, there's a code and you even see how strictly they take the code because Winston, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Perkins, he calls her out and five guys shoot her in the head, like, because she went against continental rules. And it's like, even that is like fascinating that it's just, there's just something so interesting about this world you know, with people like people with this code and everything like that. Like, I just, I, I really like that part that it's like, yeah, no, you broke rules. Like I, it, it's done. Like we don't care. It, it's done. Yeah. It's a bit of overkill to have like five guys all crossing. <laughs> it was. You know, like that's, that's maybe a bit much, but, but if you want to send a message, um, that, anybody who's paying attention would know like, Hey, <laughs> you don't break these rules. That's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like it again, they, they do such a good job of making, you know, at least in this movie. And again, you'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts as we watch two and three. Um, there's a lot of things in here that it's like, yeah, I feel like something like this could exist in in, in a certain degree, um, and, and that these would there like these would be the repercussions. So I just I like how they make this world feel very believable, it, it, because it's it's such an unbelievable thing that's happening in this movie. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's just the world building. I think is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited that you picked these and, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get to watch the second and third. And what's funny is like, I'm, I'm maybe only 25% of the way into this movie when I think to myself, wow, I'm so glad they're making four of these. Right. <laughs> and I'm only 25% of the way into the first one. When, when I have that, yeah. when I have that thought. And for me, I, I mean, no no spoilers but i just think every like the second and the third one the action gets better the chemistry is better the choreography is better the scene like the locations are better the stakes are grander um as we get into two as we get into three and then certainly from seeing the trailer the stakes look as high as they can go in this universe um but you know this like for me the second and the third one just not only build upon this but take it in a way that it's like yeah you managed you like you outdid yourself without it being insane like the fast and the furious movies now were all about just how crazy can we be like they th- there's nothing realistic about those movies anymore and it doesn't necessarily to me make them better. I think they've gotten consistently worse. And we've for most of the time, most of it, we've talked about that when we did, you know, those reviews also shout out to Harrison for the basement binge. Um, But these movies don't go that route where it's like, Oh, well now we're just going to be crazy and we're going to rely on that. Yeah. And even just thinking about another trilogy of Keanu Reeves movies that have a lot of guns and martial arts action. 
I think some of the Bill, critique Bill and Ted. <laughs> no, uh, it? the, it's the other one. It's the Matrix one. Um, I can see why you would think that, though. Um, I, I think I don't think I was specific enough with with my lead into that. Um, exactly. I think a, my initial critique of Matrix Reloaded and a lot of other people's was that you know they kind of the Wachowskis saw what worked, what people liked about the first one, and they thought, oh, well, we'll just do more of that. So you liked some of the kind of philosophical back and forth. Okay. We'll do more of that. You liked some of the um, big action scenes. Okay. We'll just do more of that and kind of lost a little bit about what made the first so magical to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, there's other sequels that you can kind of reference that do that. Um, And that's why it's, it's kind of rare that we get something like the Jason Bourne series where the second one is actually better than the first and and noticeably so. And uh, the films that we just covered uh, Hellboy where the second one is also better than the first one. And the second one kind of just takes all the stuff that we disliked about the first one and completely just gets rid of those as concepts. And it's, it's kind of strange. Um, You don't often see that with sequels. Yeah, no. And I think, uh, I'll be really interested to see what your thoughts are going to be here as we as we continue to cover these movies. So uh, any final thoughts on this? So I mentioned that I loved nearly 100 percent of the movie. If there is something that I didn't love, um, there are times where Vigo monologues a bit much for me. I, I think they yeah. I think they could have cut down some of his scenes a little bit. And I'm going to specifically reference the part where uh, John is tied to the chair. There's a bit too much monologuing there. I would have liked to have seen that scene tightened up by two minutes. Uh, I think there's a couple other spots. You tighten it up 15 seconds here, 30 seconds there. It's it's a much better movie and it, it kind of drags in some of those parts. Um, we all know what's probably going to happen. So let's just go ahead and get to it and, and, you know, um, you know, cut through some of this nonsense. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that, that's a very, very fair observation of, of the movie. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, what this movie is two hours long. I think it's less than that actually. Is, oh, is it? I'm going to look. Oh yeah. Hour and four. Hour and forty one. Um, yeah, I yeah I think maybe you you don't need to do a lot, but yeah maybe this is an hour thirty five. You shave up a couple things here and there. Yeah, and yeah, it's like oh okay. Now again, I was happy. Over, I mean, know. the overall runtime I was pretty happy with. Um, I think it. Right. I think it's I mean, about it, right. For the most part, it does go by at a at a pretty brisk pace. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's I, I totally agree with that. There's those few things here and there where you're like, all right, yeah, you could, you know, I, I like the cross cut off of my PB and <laughs> like, yeah, <But> that's <laughs> minor. Uh, you know, those are those are minor complaints. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with that, though. So uh, with that being said, let's go and go to popcorn time and get out our buckets. And I'm going to let you go first since you have seen this for the first time and and what would you rate this movie um so i'm gonna predict that we're gonna be uh the exact same rating for the third out of the last four movies that we've done at least uh i'm this is five buckets i loved it i just this movie was so much fun i 
I'm so like mad at myself that I waited this long for this movie to be out for me to actually see it. So um, thank you for, for choosing this for the, for the schedule for this month, because uh, I'm so glad I got to see this. And, you know, this is a movie that I can easily see myself revisiting. I can, I can definitely see this as kind of like a palate cleanser for me. So when, when you say, Hey, do you want to watch Green Lantern? I'm going to say, no, I don't want to watch Green Lantern. When are we <laughs> recording? I'm going to go ahead and watch Green Lantern. Um, and then I'll watch this when I'm done. Just be like, ah, this is what a good movie looks like. This is what a fun, well-crafted movie looks like. Yeah, like this is something that I would definitely, you know, as long as there's not a delay in it, uh, I would go back and, you know, all three of these, and I would rewatch these just to like, refresh myself for john mccoy and not even refresh myself because i remember these movies very very vividly um but just because i want to yeah like i i want to watch you know at least for me and we'll see how you feel about the second and the third one um but yeah i just i just want to watch these again in anticipation for for the fourth movie so uh but you are correct um uh, this is a five bucket for me it was you know way back before uh, this show was actually a thing um this would have been five buckets when i first saw it and it was it was a very similar thing like i did not see this when it first came out in in 2014 it was a very similar to kind of like you know your situation where it was like hey what do you think about john wick and i was like i've never seen it it was wait like you of all people you haven't watched this movie like okay let's sit down and watch it i'm like yeah sure whatever and then i was like how the hell didn't i watch this like what was i doing like like what the hell was i doing i've watched um, 35 movies way worse than this since this right has come out. right yeah like exactly um like i i sought out the you know freaking original fantastic four movie for god's <laughs> sakes like before i saw john wick yeah um so yeah, I I totally agree. This is a five bucket movie for me. Um, just everything about it is is completely fascinating, and uh, I can't say enough good things about this movie. So that will conclude our review here. But Rob, why don't you take us, um, you know, home so to speak, and let listeners know how they're going to contact the show, what's still coming, and uh, I don't know, is there anything in the pipeline for? Rob's reviews? Uh, I know it's a busy year. Yeah, it's, you know, end of the year starts to get really busy for me, but I would like to try to get one more thing out. Uh, There's a good chance that uh, there's a snow day for all of us tomorrow. We we live here in Buffalo, and if you're paying attention to the national news at all, uh, for those of you that are outside the 716, Uh, We're getting crushed with snow in different parts. So uh, that might be a snow day project tomorrow is to uh, create a new episode, but we'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, But listeners, we would love to hear from you. You can email the show mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. And what I would really like this time is I would like listeners to send us pictures of their dogs. For the, for the John Wick series that we're doing, <laughs> take a picture of your dog right now, whatever your dog is doing, and and email it to the show. You can either email it to the show, or even uh, if you're part of the Facebook group, which if you're not, you should be. Um, 
post it in the Facebook group. We'd love to see everybody's dogs and, uh, and tell us their names. And if it's a rescue, you know, let's tell us about that too. Cause that's pretty awesome stuff. You should, you should rescue dogs. That's, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, I literally watched this movie with my rescued dog sitting next to me the whole time. And it's just like, uh, you know, like different parts of it. Cause you like, he, uh, you know, was, was living on the street for anywhere from six months to a year. So just thinking about him, um, you know, trying to do like, he's 10 pounds. I have a miniature poodle. All right. Like I'm a big guy. I'm a very big guy and I have a miniature poodle. It was my wife's choice, but you know, I love this little, this little son of a gun now. And, uh, just thinking about like how this little 10 pound floof ball was able to live on his own for that period of time. Like sometimes I'll like, just get really like, you know, it'll, it'll affect me. And, 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 uh, so yeah, you should rescue dogs. It's a good thing. There's lots of them out there that need a home. And uh, so send us pictures of your dogs, uh, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also post those on the official Facebook group, which you should join. You can also find the show on Twitter, TikTok, and uh, of course on the IG. So uh, hit us up, follow those pages, interact with the show. And uh, yeah, click on some of the links below too. Great sponsors. Yeah, no, thank you very much, listeners, um, for, for joining us for this episode. We look forward to bringing you the rest of John Wick. And then I am super interested to return to Cloverfield, which will be the next series that we're going to cover, which takes us a little bit into December. Um, and maybe some more reviews on the way. We did just do Wakanda Forever because, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, in the middle of a uh, Right now, I'll call it a half snow day tomorrow. Uh, we'll not be going to work first thing in the morning. We're going to see what, what happens. So might be some extra time to get in a, another review or two based on uh, how this weather treats us here in Buffalo. So, Rob, thanks for joining. Listeners, thank you. And we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.